Is the Panama Canal running out of water? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The Panama Canal connects the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, and more than 12,000 cargo and passenger ships travel through it every year. But currently, there's not enough water to handle all that traffic. One might think that the water in the canal is from the oceans it connects. However, it actually requires millions of gallons of fresh water to operate. The canal's administration released an analysis showing that 2019 was the fifth driest year in 70 for the area, with rainfall 20% below the historic average. The current dry season is just beginning, which could last as late as July. Last year, water depths in the canal reached such low levels that limits had to be imposed on the amount of cargo that ships could carry. Any weight above the limit had to be offloaded and moved over land. The canal also supplies fresh water to Panama City, home to about half of the country's population of 4 million. And as the Associated Press reports, each ship's passage involves millions of gallons of fresh water, much of which is released into the oceans. A $5 billion expansion of the canal in 2016 significantly increased its ability to handle bigger ships, but that also requires much more water. To fund solutions to the problem, ships passing through the canal will have to pay higher fees, and the number of slots has been reduced from 32 to 27 per day. Despite opposition from many environmentalists, the Senate last week passed the new trade deal among the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, known as the USMCA, a revised version of the North American Free Trade Agreement, or NAFTA. Ten Democratic senators opposed the legislation, echoing the concerns of nine major environmental groups, including the Sierra Club and the Sunrise Movement. The groups criticized the bill for not addressing climate change and for failing to adequately tackle toxic pollution. They say the agreement includes weak environmental standards and has an even weaker enforcement mechanism than the deal it replaces. Critics also say USMCA supports fossil fuels and allows oil and gas corporations to challenge climate and environmental protections. The New Republic reports that all of the tar sands oil that flows to the U.S. from Canada through the Keystone XL pipeline will be exempt from tariffs under the new agreement. At the end of last week, heavy rains and thunderstorms hit parts of Australia's east coast. The rains doused some of the region's fires, but also brought the threat of flooding to some areas. The fires have been burning since September, destroying thousands of homes, killing 28 people and about a billion animals. The BBC reports that about 75 fires were still burning in New South Wales on Saturday, down from over 100 a few days ago. But there's some good news. A secret operation of specialist firefighters saved the world's last stand of wallamy pines from the bushfires. The pines are a prehistoric species known as dinosaur trees, which grow up to 130 feet high and are believed to have existed since the Jurassic period 200 million years ago, predating many dinosaurs. Agence France Press reports that fewer than 200 of the trees exist in the wild, hidden in a gorge hit by one of the biggest bushfires. As fire came close, air tankers dropped fire retardant in a ring around the trees, while firefighters were lowered into the gorge to set up an irrigation system to provide moisture for the pines. The operation was described as an unprecedented environmental protection mission that saved the ancient species. It's been assumed that as drought increases in parts of the world, so will conflict. 
That assumption has been supported by research that shows regional wars such as those in Syria, Yemen, and Sudan will be exacerbated by climate change. But a new study shows that drought may not always lead to conflict because, as the news site Earther describes, going to war over dry land may simply not be worth it. During particularly dry years, it's been more valuable for nations to recruit agricultural workers as soldiers to acquire more territory rather than farm. But if drought becomes normal, it doesn't make much sense to obtain new land because it might not be very productive anyway. However, Elizabeth Chalecki of the University of Nebraska said that dry years or wet years, good harvests or bad, climate change is causing conditions to become more variable, and we might see more conflict just because of less predictability year to year. The study doesn't show that we'll see less war in a warming world. Other variables not analyzed, such as forced migration due to a lack of water, could increase the likelihood of war in some places. And finally this week, when we do laundry, research shows that with each load, we're sending hundreds of thousands of microfibers down the drain, which ultimately flow into oceans and harm sea life. But according to new research, you can reduce your impact and make your clothes last longer. Scientists from the University of Leeds have found that shorter, cooler wash cycles not only keep clothes looking good, but release fewer microfibers into wastewater. In fact, the researchers found that cold, short washes reduce the amount of fibers released by over half and that the amount of dye going down the drain was cut by nearly three quarters. And washing clothes in cooler water reduces its carbon footprint by using about two-thirds less energy. The study was conducted with a team from Procter & Gamble who said clothes get just as clean because of advances in detergents that rely on sustainable ingredients such as enzymes. Bottom line, short cold washes will slow down the aging of clothes so you're going to save money replacing garments and on your energy bill, all while reducing the impact on ocean environments. That's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time.